So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. This is The Full Count, a podcast that brings you a boy's perspective on the greatest game ever played and the greatest team that ever played it. My name is Leon, my favorite sport is baseball, and my favorite team is the Dodgers. On The Full Count, I talk about everything baseball, from baseball's greatest moments to tips on how to play. And of course, we'll talk about how those boys in blue are doing. So grab your peanuts and Cracker Jack, and let's talk ball! Hi, welcome to The Full Count. I'm Leon. As my longtime listeners know, I normally divide the show into three segments. I call them Right Off the Bat, On Deck, and In the Hole. But from time to time, I want to take a closer look at one topic. One of those topics is talking about some of baseball's greatest moments. And that is what we are going to do in this episode. The great moment in baseball. Uh, the great moment in baseball we are going to talk about in this show is Dale Long's eight home runs over eight games. Okay, so I guess let's start. This happened on May 19th to May 28th, 1956. Dale Long, eight games, eight home runs. Once in a lifetime, a journeyman ball player forever, journeyman ball player, forever concerned with keeping his job, suddenly gets his day in the sun. Journeyman Dale Long spent 12 years playing for 15 clubs in 12 leagues before he got his chance. The Dale Long epic began um, on Saturday, May 19, 1956, playing against the Chicago Cubs in Forbes Field. The Pirates' first baseman, then 30 years old, hit a home run off left-hander Jim Davis. The next day, in a doubleheader with the Braves, he hit one off right-hander Ray Crowe in the first game and one off southpaw wearing a span. In the second game, he, um, he, he, then he connected off Herm Wemeyer and Lindy McDaniel Daniel of the Cardinals. In the next two games, five games, five homers. The record for home runs in consecutive games was six, held by jointly five players. I I had been feeling loose, Long recalls. Now it was it was getting to me. The next day against Kurt Simons, a left-hander of the Phillies, I hit my sixth. It really began to bother me then. Pressure is a mechanical way of building. At the park the next day, a gang of photographers had Dale posed during batting practice with seven bats. But what if I didn't hit my seventh today? He asked them. They just smiled and mumbled that they had to be prepared in case he did. The strain showed as Long went after number seven. Each time he came up, he would hold his 33-ounce, 35-inch bat at the end and swing from the heels. Up for the last time in eight innings, Long slashed at a fastball thrown by Ben Flowers and missed. He swung at the Phillies' right-hander next pitch and missed again. But somehow he managed to catch the third pitch and drive it out of the park after he crossed the plate. His teammates literally picked him up and carried him into the dugout to the cheers of the crowd. It rained the next day, Sunday, 
a long day for Dale Long. An agent ca called and wanted him to make an appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show. Joe Brown, the general manager, called and gave him a raise. A Pittsburgh bread company and a, and, and a milk firm paid him to endorse their products. A Philadelphia, Philadelphia brewery signed him to praise their brew. A cigarette company hired him to plug their brand. Dale, a Dale Long t-shirt was rushing into the market. On Monday night, May 20th, against Brooklyn, Long was struck out by Carl Erskine in the first inning. But in the fourth, he connected a curveball thrown by the right-hander and sent a screaming liner into the right field seats. His eight homer in eight straight games. It won the ball game, three to two. When I hit, when I hit it, I don't think, I don't think it was going in. Long said, "The ball just did clear the right field wall in Forbes Field." As he passed manager Bobby, Bobby Bregan, coaching at third base, Dale smiled weakly, and shook his head. Bregan shook his head back at him. Neither could understand it. After he touched home with the entire Pirates team there to pound him on the back. Long trotted into the dugout. The 32,221 fans who had come out to see him refused to allow the game to continue until Dale, Dale came out for a bow. Erskine tried to pitch Frank Thomas the next, the next batter, but the fans kept screaming until Long popped his head out of the dugout, doffed his cap, and waved. In eight games, Long batted 538, with 15 hits and 20 runs batted in. He had the Pirates fighting for the pennant. Dale didn't go to bed until 2.30 in the morning after, eight, after the 8 game at 4 o'clock a.m. The telephone rang. A, plubish, a, plub, a publicity man asked if he wanted to go on the Today Show that morning. He said yes and went back to sleep. At 7 o'clock a.m., he, he got up, got dressed, and drove out to the Pittsburgh television show for the interview. Then he had breakfast and drove to the park. Several hours later, Don Newcomb of the Dodgers stopped his streak. The newspaper fellows wrote afterward that Newcomb overpowered me, said Long. But the fact is, I was tired. I was so beat, I couldn't get my bat around. You can't do that and face Newcomb and expect to hit a homer. The streak was over, but things were still going well. Number eight had been Dale's 14th homer of the season and had put him six days ahead of Babe Ruth's place when he hit his record 60 in 1927. Long was leading the league in RBIs and he was, and he was hitting 420. For, at least long, for, for a while, at least, Long stayed hot, and so did the Pirates. The dizzy pace lasted for almost a month. Then... And the pirate, then Long and the pirates hit the skids. I felt it coming. Long said, "I was beginning to get weak. I couldn't get the bat around. I didn't. I don't. I didn't feel comfortable. The good feeling never came back. He could remember. He couldn't. He could remember exactly what he had been doing with the bat before, but he could no longer do it. By August, he was rested for a day or two, two at a time. By September." He was benched in favor of a young Bob Skinner. By the season's end, his batting average had plummeted to a 263. 
although he led the club with 27 home runs and 91 batted in. 90 runs batted in. 91 runs batted in. While the bottom had it fallen out, his headline days were over. And so that's another, that's a story. I'm going to read more as I start continuing, but I hope you like more of these episodes. And as I always end every episode, I have one last thing to say. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!